0: Okay, everyone, welcome to this webinar today. Um, I'm Frances Seeley from Global Net 21 and Enfield Voices, and we've got with us today told that Aramas, who's a counsellor in Enfield. And he's going to talk about development in Enfield called Meridian Water, and some of the principles behind that, and some of the principles and some of the controversies, controversies we find right across the country when it comes to development in our modern age. Um, so we're really pleased that Telgars with us today, and that we can go through this because he has very strong views on this. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, Toga, thank you very much for joining us. And maybe uh, we could start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your background.
1: Uh, I don't really get asked this question all the time. <laughs> uh, so I'm not very savvy on answering it. Um, I've lived in Enfield all my life. Uh, I've done politics at university. Um, and then I wanted to do something I, was, I really cared about and hence why I got involved in
0: the Labour Party and put my name forward to be a councillor, and here I am. Right. So, so what made you choose the avenue of being a councillor? What made you want to be on the council?
1: This is a good question. Um, in, in all honesty, when I was at university, uh, I wasn't thinking about local politics or getting involved in the Labour Party or anything. Um, Although I was a member at around 2015, well, well 2014 actually, um, I didn't get involved in the Labour Party because I wanted the international um, career instead. Uh, what made me change my mind was actually Jeremy Corbyn uh, and his involvement, and that's when I that's when I thought, all right, the Labour Party is worth getting involved with then. Um, oh.
0: Okay, so you you got involved in the Labour Party, you became a councillor, and I think you represent a ward in Edmonton, which represents some of the more deprived areas of the London Borough of Enfield, and being in that ward, is that that what has given you your passion for housing? Well, well, not just housing. I I mean,
1: I can see that almost every economical problem we have in the country, my ward also is going through that those problems. Uh and it's it's quite bad in the sense that housing is one of the biggest issues that push people into the poverty line. Um most of my case studies that I do in my advice surgeries are about how <clears throat> people need council homes and there's five thousand two hundred applicants on the council waiting list. Um so naturally so uh I, I grew an interest in in, in, the, in the matter of housing.
0: Well, you, you you have an interest in housing generally, but you got very focused, haven't you, on a major development in Edmonton, Lower Edmonton, and that's Meridian Water. Yeah. Um, you, what made you interested in that particularly?
1: Well, initially, um, before I became councillor, um, I would hear about Meridian Water quite a few times, and the concept of affordable homes was always talking about. um, And I generally thought because it was a council project that it would be a positive one for for Edmonton specifically because it's always been targeted for Edmonton. Um, Once I got into the detail of it, I quickly understood that really this isn't going to benefit people of Edmonton at all and it's not really meeting the needs of of our borough, Um, hence why I grew a massive interest in it.
0: Okay, so, you know, you're interested in it, but I mean, people who are maybe watching this and watching the recording of this may not know what Meridian Water is. So just to give them some idea, what is Meridian Water?
1: Sure. Well, Meridian Water is a council project. It's one of the biggest housing projects in in London. The project will will aim to build 10,000 council homes and deliver 6,000 jobs. Although this has recently changed in in the proposal the council has given called called ELAP and they reduced it to 5,000 jobs, 5,000 homes and 1,500 jobs um, purely because the strategic industrial land that the buildings were supposed to go on was not released by the mayor of London. So we've got, a, we've got a project that the council is building 5,000 homes right now and will deliver 1,500 jobs um, at the end of the project.
0: So when the original plan came up, I mean, you mentioned one or two changes. I mean, is the development now very different to what it was originally? Well,
1: well reducing from 10,000 to 5,000 is, is quite a drop and I would say fundamentally everything has changed in that sense. I mean the council still has the aspiration to deliver ten thousand, but the strategic industrial land doesn't look like it's gonna be released and Sadiq Khan still looks like he's gonna remain there. So until until the council can come up with alternative plans, it's a five thousand job, a five thousand home project with a, a quarter of the number of jobs that they were planning, which is one thousand five hundred now.
0: But has it not changed several times? I mean, the previous administration started with the development with 10,000 homes. Then when the new administration came in, they changed it. And it's changed a bit since then, hasn't it? Um, there seems to be pressure on whoever is administering Enfield Council to, you know, sort of shrink down what was originally proposed. Yeah, well, my,
1: my intention here is not to really grill down on detail of what this administration done or what that administration done because at the end of the day i'm i've only been a counselor for two years now um and what's relevant to me is what's happening now um there there was problems beforehand with the developer and the agreed developers kept changing uh previously um but what i'm concerned with now is what is being what's on the table now uh and whatever's on the table now is is not going to benefit uh, the residents of where I represent or generally Enfield Borough. Um,
0: But before we go into what's there now and we'll look at that in some detail I mean part of the reasons for the change or the changes was that the government inspector looked at the development in Meridian Water and said the plans were unsound and wanted drastic changes. So there were pressures from outside saying you didn't have a sound development, is that right?
1: Well, that was a very recent, recent development, actually. The, the, the initial ELAP proposal uh, had 10,000 homes and 6,000 jobs, but obviously this has to go through the Secretary of State's inspection. And after that inspection, quite a few different changes happened and that's why the number of homes was reduced to 5,000 uh, and jobs to 1,500 and because the inspector said that the plans were unsound um, and that it couldn't meet the, the um, aspiration of 10,000 homes and 6,000 jobs. Um, there was even, even still right now the financial model that this project is based on is based on the 10,000 homes. And in the 10,000 homes that is, being, that is being advertised, private developers like Tesco and Ikea, um, which we have no control over what they do of their car parks, are also being included in the number, end result of the number of homes that will be delivered. Um, I don't see why that's the case, because they're not a part of the council project.
0: Um, okay, well, well like that. Well just to get it clear before we go and look at the number of housing and so on. Um, I mean there was an original plan when the new administration came in they they sort of it where they said look we changed it we have saved it but since then there's been another report saying that what you saved isn't adequate it's not sound and they had to change it again. So now we're where we're at now aren't we? Um, you know whatever the mistakes or or the short-sightedness of any administration and the big change that you're worried about, um, given the fact that you represent a ward with so much deprivation, is the lack of housing that your local community could use. Is that right? Absolutely right. I mean,
1: we, I'm currently a member of a work stream that goes, goes on in the council on, on the Meridian Water issue. And we had a meeting on Monday and it, the tenure mix is where I had the problem, and I discovered that it is much worse than I initially thought it was. Um, and I can break that down to right now, if if if, if that's okay. Um,
0: okay, break it down first of all in in telling us, you know, how much housing is private at a commercial market price, and how much is affordable. Let's begin with that bit. Let's come to the council a bit later. But sure. how much is affordable?
1: Right the 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 affordable levels is has always got a question mark around it, because the the government definition of affordable comes to what is understood as intermediate um, affordable, and that is eighty percent market value Now, considering the average house price in in Enfield is around four hundred thousand pounds, that would mean um, an eighty percent market value house would be £320,000 um, you need about £80,000 a year to get a mortgage for something like that if you can get four times the amount of your salary and that's being generous I think um, so what the, the intermediate uh, affordable is certainly not affordable now that is going to amount to 12% of the 10 year mix in, in this project um sixty percent is gonna be at market rate. So in total, we have 72% um, of the homes that are not affordable. Um
0: okay, well let's let's look at the other 28% in a minute. But when when you say it's not affordable, your worry is that you know local Edmonton people are being shifted out. And what you're getting in your area is gentrification that will bring other people in and the people already living there who've lived there for years will be excluded. Well, Edmonton Green is
1: one of the most deprived wards in the country, let alone just London. Um, People cannot afford the level of homes that are being delivered at Meridian Water. Um, And effectively, as reported on the work stream, this is gonna increase the land value of up to about 20%. And people will be slowly pushed out of Edmonton because of this project, and they can't afford number homes anyway. So it is a gentrification project when you, when you consider it.
0: And what about council housing? I mean, there was limited council housing, there's now more, but that's not sufficient, in your opinion, is that right?
1: Well, I was in the assumption that there was more. Um, uh, I found out on the work stream that that's not the case. Um, now, 28% is, was, was being said to be London affordable rent homes, which is still true. But only 10% of the homes in total would be owned by the council. So this is public land. We, we, we own this land. And at the end of this project, we'll only own 10% of the council the council homes there. Uh, the rest, uh, 18%, which add, totals up to the 28% um, London affordable rent home, would potentially be owned by a housing association. Now, I've got an issue with London affordable rent itself as well, because... Although when you compare it at uh, market value, it comes to about 50% market value. It is act- when you compare it from Enfield Social Rent to London Affordable Rent, it's a 60% increase. Um, Enfield Social Rent for one bed is £91 a per week, whereas London Affordable Rent is 155. So there's a quite a big difference. And that will push many people into the poverty line and make them dependent on housing benefit. Um, which is which is another problem I have um, with this project because there's no socially rented homes here
0: But if you were to increase the, the number of council owned properties there um, And you've got developers in as well No developer would come in with they if there was too much council housing because there's not enough profit and the council couldn't afford to develop it on their own So it's a catch-22 situation, isn't it? Well this is the this is the this is the
1: thing. Now, if we're saying that financially we can't deliver more council homes, and the best we can do is on land that we own uh, deliver ten percent of of the homes. So right now, out of the five thousand, only five hundred would be would be owned by us. Um, why why are we going into so much risk and developing land in such a way that is going to be unaffordable to, to many of my residents and the, supposedly those who need it. Um, why are we going into so much risk if, if that is the case? Um, this project's going to cost about a billion pounds. I, I don't see the, I don't see the point of it if it's not helping the people it's supposed to help. And secondly, there is other ways of looking into this this project. Now, one one way to have a look at it is the way Joyce and Snell's regeneration is happening, which is also in Edmonton Green. Now, we'll, at the end of that regeneration uh, project, we will own all the council uh, all the all the homes there, um, but some of them will be. At market market rent to pay off our debt that we that that we've accumulated. Now that is the way maybe we can look at for Meridian Water instead of selling off everything. And another way Islington Council, for instance, does is sixty percent council homes and forty percent genuinely affordable that they determine through the median income levels. That that's on public land that they do. so this is, this is the thing we could we could be looking into.
0: Well, when you say we could be looking into, has it not been looked into, or has a proper assessment not been done, to look at the feasibility of, saying having the to model or any other council-based model? Um, because, you know, they've chosen the developer's model, they've gone down that line and they're working with them. Um, and the model you're suggesting might work, but it might be too expensive. Has there been a real assessment done? Well, not that I've seen. Um, I mean,
1: although the, there is a lot of aspirations in this project, uh, I don't see any weighting in the housing tenure mix when when created about meeting the needs of the borough. Um, the borough needs is quite, quite vital. Um, that's what we—that's what we elected to meet, um, and right now we have a housing crisis in the borough. We've got five thousand two hundred people on the council waiting list, waiting on the average of fifteen years. Um, we've got three thousand four hundred people in temporary accommodation, and we don't even have proper proper records of how many rough sleepers we have uh, in in the borough. So we have a crisis. Um, we have overcrow Uh, crowding issue as well. We have a crisis and we need to act like there's a crisis and we need to be maximising social uh, council homes wherever we can to meet this problem uh, rather than delivering a majority of unaffordable homes.
0: I mean, you say that, but uh, uh, the, the, the inspector also said a similar thing, didn't he? when he, he looked at the development there and he said, the plan did not deliver family housing to meet local needs. Now, did the council listen to that or did they just dismiss it? No, the, the,
1: they have to listen to it because otherwise it doesn't get the planning permission um, it requires. Now, what the funny thing was, was that we contradicted our own policy on, on ELAP because we've got a policy called development management document. And, it's called DMD for short. Now that states out what what needs to be met minimally, and the minimal minimal uh, expectation from the affordable homes um, in that side is that seventy percent of the affordable homes should be social rent and affordable rent, and thirty percent should be intermediate intermediate uh, affordable. But at, this, at the moment, we don't have any socially rented homes and we just have what's so understood as non-affordable rent. And, I'm, and this can get confusing at times because there's so many different rent levels and, and whatnot, but the, low, the cheapest rent level, which people expect to pay at a council home, is Enfield social rent, and we have none of those um, right now in Meridian Water.
0: And why do you think those have been excluded?
1: Well, I'm assuming purely on a financial basis, um, it's, it's being excluded. I, I mean, we made that point at the work stream again on Monday um, that as a principle, this is this is what we should be delivering the, the low, cheapest rent level uh, for council homes. Um, and that was acknowledged. And many members made the point that although financially um, at, at face value, it might it might be too costly to deliver more affordable homes and whatnot, but what what 's more costly there is a cost of having so many people in temporary accommodation there 's a cost of not having so many people on the council waiting list. there 's a social values impact as well, and that has to be evaluated when 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 making this project as well
0: okay but some some critics of, of that view argue that uh, the best form of housing is where there is a social mix. Um, that In this country, we've created too many ghettos, working class ghettos, middle class ghettos, ethnic ghettos, and so on. And we need to have a better mix. But you're sort of encouraging that silo mentality with your plan, aren't you?
1: Well, what I'm saying is, um, if we have a crisis, that there are very vulnerable people that need council homes, then the number one priority should be to, to meet, meet the needs of the borough and, and finish this crisis that we have. Until then, I don't see why there, there should be a mixture of tenure. Now the the aspect of looking into council homes, um, for just council homes delivering ghettos and whatnot, uh, to me that's a, that's a very classist uh, view of view of very few. Uh, now, I'm speaking to you through, through this phone in a council home and myself. I lived in a council home all my life. And the the point being made about it delivers ghettos and whatnot, I, I like to refute that because what, what does that say about me? Um, that I'm also a part of this ghetto? There is other council members also that grew up in council homes. It's the idea of council homes delivering ghettos and poverty areas is not because it's a council home it's because there is nothing no opportunity given to these people when that when these council homes are built and they are all together because they're the most vulnerable people but it's not the council home that's delivering this it's a lack of opportunity in society that's delivering this and whether we like to see it all bunched up in one place or circulated around um is another issue but that is a systematic issue that these people don't have opportunity and that that, that should be faced in, a, in in
0: another way and of course one of the opportunities that uh, people want is jobs and uh, the the number of jobs available because of Meridian Waters has gone down the supply has moved on and on hasn't it
1: yeah well it, it was 6 it was 6000 um but now in the the most up to date ELAP proposal is this drop to 1,500, which is which is a quarter of the jobs that um that was aimed for.
0: So you believe that the the development won't benefit people either in housing or in jobs?
1: Well, obviously one thousand five hundred jobs is one thousand five hundred jobs that never existed. Um so obviously there is a there is a benefit um in having new jobs that we didn't have. Um, but it's not the amount of jobs that we could have had. We could have had. Um, and more specifically, my issue is not the amount of jobs that are being delivered, but the tenure mix itself. And hence why uh, myself and a couple of other councillors and many other uh, Enfield activists came together uh, to set up a campaign group called Moving for Council Homes to pressure the council to deliver the maximum number of social, socially rented homes, council homes that can. The demands are 100% council homes, 100% social rent with 100% secure tenancy. And there's a public meeting happening on the 28th of March at the Edmonton Methodist Church at 11am. Uh, and I hope people can come there to hear what was, being, what was going to be discussed there.
0: Yeah, well, I was, I was going to ask you about that, but you got, you got there before me. Um, but that's okay. Um, I mean, with it, the meeting that you're talking about, is that open to everyone? Or just open to it's it's public. It's
1: open to everyone. Uh, the Reverend, uh, Reverend Deji um, from the Edmonton Methodist Church, I, I thank him for hosting us there. He, he, he allowed, He's given us space to have a public meeting, and at that public meeting, there'll be information going around about what is happening in Meridian Water and what, what needs to be done as a campaign um, to push for what we want.
0: Okay, I mean, but there's campaign going and so on, but there are other pressures on the council as well about Meridian Waters. And do you think Meridian Waters really has a future? Because I gather the. Um, that uh, because of the financial situation of the council, the external auditor said that there are a number of projects that may be at risk because Enfield Council is not viable uh, in in terms of financial sustainability in the long term. And they suggested one of the projects that may be at risk is Meridian Water. Do you think that's true? Well, I'm not a professional in
1: that sense that I can evaluate the auditor's claims. Um, I'll just have to take it at face value and question council officers about what the auditor is saying um, and what what their opinion of it is. Obviously, when you do projects like this, there is a massive risk that comes with it all the time. Um, Now, I'd be happy to take upon that risk if it was going to deliver houses to meet the needs of this borough. But Delivering ten percent council homes on public land is is not adequate and is not worth the risk in, in my opinion. So that's that's how I look at the whole the whole thing.
0: So, given your view, given where you want to go and where your the campaign group wants to go, how do you see the future? Do you have hope, or do you think you're fighting against the, against the tides?
1: Um, I do I do have hope because at the end of the day people who got elected in the Labour Party are there to deliver the social social need aspect and deliver homes for the many and not the few. Um, And when looking into this project properly, um, I hope hope that when people understand it, because it is hard to understand, um, when people understand it, they they will see what needs to be done. Uh, and how this project needs to change, so I do have hope in, in that sense
0: uh, and the, the, the councillors that cover that area are they sympathetic to the campaign, all of them, or do you have work to do um, Well, considering it hasn't changed, I think I have work to do,
1: and i, I can 't do this by myself, obviously i 've got other councillor comrades who 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 are very sympathetic to so the things that are being said by by me and other councils and this campaign group, um, what what will happen is a discussion at the neighbourhood group will happen about this and see how we can how we can change it if we can change it. Um, but right now, as the way it is, ten percent council home is inadequate in in my eyes.
0: But you think you can change it, or I mean, you sound a bit doubtful there.
1: Well, I, I don't know how how it's going to go. Um, hope, we'll we'll see. I, I do I do believe that people who got themselves elected to the council and on, on the Labour Party ticket, they're there with good intentions. Um, so I I am hoping that they see the argument that I'm making and. and Support, support what I'm saying, um, but time will tell.
0: Okay, so if anybody wanted to get involved in the campaign, to join a campaign group, to get in touch with you, where do they go and what do they do? Well, the
1: campaign group has its social media pages on Facebook and Twitter. Um, if they want to get in touch with me directly, they can find my details on the council website or they can just email, email me my email address is clr dot tolga at enfield.gov.uk. uk. You can just email me directly or or you can just maybe question on Mfield voices and whatnot and I'm sure people people will direct directly set in the, in the right way. <laughs>
0: Okay. All right. Well, we've sort of come to the end of our half hour now. So thank you for doing that. You're clearly someone who feels very strongly about that. And you've got a lot of courage because you'll stand up, uh, you know, not only against the developers, but sometimes against your own party to do that. And that's always a very tough thing to do and it sometimes has consequences that it shouldn't have. Um, So you've explained your case very well. You've answered some of the 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 criticisms of your case very well as well. So, you know, if people do want to get in touch with you and get in touch with the campaign, I hope they do. Um, Because you are right, we do have a housing crisis in this borough as we do in the country as a whole, where lots of people are being priced totally out of the housing market. And that is a priority to solve and to solve as quickly as we can. So, you know, thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us your point of view. And, you know, it's been a very good interview. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay, well, we'll end this interview now.